Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Here you go. Here you go. Lifetime. That's the nothing personal word of the day for Friday, February 16th. Good morning. Thank God it's Friday. Lifetime, as in Commissioner Rob Manford saying, you can only have so much fun in one lifetime, as he announced that he would not be seeking re-election when his current five-year term expires. We're going to have a new commissioner in Major League Baseball in 2029. Before I get to all the things that he talked about when he met the media in Tampa as part of Grapefruit League Media Day, and he talked about a lot of things that interest us here on Nothing Personal, for the record, I hope that everyone agrees with me. You can't have so much fun in one lifetime. There's an unlimited amount of fun you should strive for in a lifetime. If you want to retire, then you say, hey, I don't want to work anymore because I want to have more fun before my life runs out. I'm going to be 70 years old. I want to be with my kids and grandkids and wife and travel the world on a 365-day cruise. But he's saying being the commissioner was the most fun I'll have in a lifetime, and there's a limit to that. As a self-described hedonist, I vehemently disagree with the characterization that there is a limit of fun in one's lifetime. So what did he talk about that interested me the most? I'm gonna get to the A's, but I wanna get to free agency. I wanna get to what we've been talking about this week because it's the elephant in the room that media people are trying to figure out what's happening. I'm trying to explain the reason is that Teams are making a stand, not collusion. They are individually making a stand against Scott Boris and his players because Scott Boris overplayed his hand with what his players are worth. Chapman, Snell, Bellinger, Montgomery, too much. He has some downwind free agents as well. There's a lot of unsigned players as we get into spring training. I explained to you what the reason is. And maybe a year ago, and Coca found this video and posted it on at David P. Sampson and on his Twitter, Matthew Coca, yesterday. A signing period for free agents is something that we talked about in baseball for the last decade. We believe two things happen when you have a deadline for free agents to sign. One, there's a lot of excitement around the winter meetings, which revives the winter meetings, players sign, and then teams get to sell into the offseason with the new players that they have. And two, and more importantly, it has a slightly quashing impact on salaries. We would pretend that wasn't the case when we would approach the union. 
say, hey, what do you think about a signing period? I think it'd be really exciting. Don't your guys want to know where they are so they can start finding schools for their kids? Don't you think it'd be great for them to start finding housing and to get comfortable in their new digs? I mean, sometimes the players' union can be less than brilliant. But in this case, they were on to us. Scott Boris said yesterday to Evan Drellick, he said, deadlines are death lines to the player. I think that is obviously an extraordinarily poor taste. This is not life or death, whether a player gets 25 million or 30 million, whether he gets five years or six years. But that's Scott with his alliterations of idiocy. Deadlines are death lines. It's a death of their right. Because a player goes all that time to earn that right, it's an artificial reason not to get your value. He's right. I'm sorry, everybody who expected me to disagree and criticize Scott Boris's quote. While I don't agree it's a death line, I totally agree it's an artificial reason not to get your value. I totally agree that attaining free agency is the holy grail for a baseball player. Getting six years of service time is extraordinarily difficult. The average career, you don't get to arbitration. You take a little sip of coffee, you get the prorated minimum, and then you become a dentist, or you go into real estate, or you become a wealth manager, or you do whatever you do. Very, very few players, and we always view athletes, oh my God, they're so rich. They've got generational wealth. Look at all these guys making $300 million. You're only looking at the top 1%. That's like in the United States saying, hey, the US must be doing great. Look at how much money Leon Black has or Bill Gates or Mark Zuckerberg. Why would Mark Zuckerberg go to video and crap on the Apple Vision Pro? Oh, right, that's why. So here's the problem with the signing period. We want it, they won't give it, that's a fine. That's a dollar fine, Coca. The owners want it, the players don't. During a collective bargaining negotiation where Rob Manfred will still be commissioner for one more collective bargaining agreement, negotiation. We'll have one more shot of him swinging a golf club during a lockout. No, I'm just kidding, Rob. That was totally fine. Just do it away from the window next time, please. The next CBA is going to be extraordinarily difficult and it's coming up soon. We have three more seasons and then a negotiation. The negotiations start in earnest two years from now. Collecting information from teams is starting now. What are you looking for? What do you need in the next CBA? There is no rest for the weary even after that 100-day lockout. One of the things you will not get in the next CBA is a deadline, a signing period, even though the players and management both agree it'd be better for the sport. And what's going on now is not good. It's not good to have spring training open with all these unsigned players. It's not good that some of the top free agents are not with a team. It will be good when they sign and when I get the way to see right and they sign pillow deals. The other thing that Rob mentioned and talked about before we get to Vegas was the Phantom IL, another topic we've covered here. And Rob said something terrific. 
I've read a couple comments from players that we're following up on. If in fact it's more widespread, it concerns me because it's a form of cheating and it's incumbent upon us to figure out if it's more widespread. Rob, here's my phone number. Of course it's more widespread. Wait a minute, you know that. Of course he has to say it to the media because we need you, the fans, to believe that they didn't know that the Phantom IL is more widespread and that they're hearing players talk about it. All the players are backing me up when I tell you that we all do it and the players have to sign the piece of paper. They know they don't have back pain or shoulder fatigue. Abductor. They know it. The players know. Everybody knows. So he's going to go research and find out how widespread it is. All right. What about jerseys? I think I had to wait to see telling you the jerseys weren't going to change. And everyone said, I don't know if it got aggregated, Coca. Oh, my God. They're going to pull the jerseys. The players are unhappy. It came out yesterday. The players union is taking a look at the players' complaints. Give me a break. The players union is saying it's taking a look. You think they're going to call the commissioner's office and say, hey, can you do us a favor? Would you mind if you pull every single jersey and hurry up, hurry up and get them made in the next 20 days? Can you do that? And yeah, we'll pay for the cost of sending all those jerseys to Africa or wherever we, India, wherever we send them so people can wear them. It's absolutely ridiculous. Rob Manfred gave an entire quote about that. He said they're performance wear. <laughs> the feedback from the All-Star game last year where the jerseys were worn was uniformly positive from the players. Careful saying uniformly. Get it? The jerseys were uniformly positive. <laughs> that means it was totally positive about the uniforms. Guess what he really was saying? No changes. It could change next year. They'd have to start now, but certainly not this year. Of course, he had to talk about the regional sports networks, and why wouldn't you? And he wanted to make sure that we were all very clear that the whole Amazon deal, no bueno. We want all the digital rights back, as many as we can, because I already announced that I want 14 teams with their own streaming service collectively sold to a buyer for 2025. Let's not quibble with the fact that we don't have the rights to 14 teams and their digital rights at the moment. This was a public positioning for purposes of the judge in the Diamond Chapter 11, who's in charge of the reorg, to be very clear as to what baseball intends, what they want, and as a creditor, how they can be satisfied. And then he got to Vegas. I want to spend some time on this one, Coca, because it's not that I've changed my mind and I think the Vegas deal is done. It's not. It's not that I've changed my mind and I think that the A's are going to work in Vegas on the Bally's nine-acre site, because I don't. It's not that I've changed my mind that the NBA and MLB are rushing to get to Vegas, both in expansion because they are. It's that what Rob said yesterday would make it seem as though everything is peachy, but you have to read between the lines. When he says something like, I'm confident that the deal in Las Vegas is solid, 
and that the A's will build a stadium in Las Vegas and play there in 2028. That is meaningless. The commissioner and presidents and owners, I'm confident in our ability to turn this season around. That doesn't go to the underlying fact of whether the season gets turned around. I am confident in our ability to do blank. If you know that something's happening because you control it and it's guaranteed to happen, the word choice is not confident. It's I'm positive. I guarantee it is beyond a shadow of a doubt that you use myriad words. You don't say I'm confident. I am confident that I am five foot seven. Then he said, we believe the parcel, the nine acres on the Bally site where the Tropicana was going to be torn down anyway, folks. We believe the parcel is adequate for a major league ballpark. No true fiasco ever started as a quest for mere adequacy. One of my favorite Cameron Crowe lines from a movie called Elizabethtown, which everyone hated, I loved. One of my all-time favorite movies. One of these days, it will come out on the randomizer and I will watch it again. I've watched it a score time, 20 times. I want to give it to you again. No true fiasco ever started as a quest for mere adequacy. I detest the word adequate. When you are moving a team from a great media market to a team with a tiny media market, when you are moving a team from a great area with lots of wealth to a team that is notoriously, to a city that is notoriously poor, do not be fooled by the lights and the glimmer. Vegas is extraordinarily poor. Sort of like people are fooled by Miami when they show just Miami Beach and all the people dancing at live and they don't show the average median income is bupkis in Miami. And you can check those facts. The parcel is adequate. Holy shnikes. You think that's really what baseball wants? When the relocation committee presented the relocation plan, which got a 30 to nothing vote, do you think the word adequate was used a lot? Or do you think the word I'm confident? We are confident that the parcel's adequate and that the team will match the projections that we don't yet have to show you. But then Commissioner Manfred said something else to those people who are losing a team in Oakland. He said, we do have a major league team in the Bay Area. It's not like there's not an available option. The Giants obviously still play there. Uh, I love Rob, and I can't wait to tell stories about how he became commissioner. I have in three feet to my right in a drawer a present for Rob that I've been waiting to give him for his retirement, assuming I live that long. It is the actual ballot that I was keeping as people were voting in the owner's meeting and when he needed to get to 23. 
and it shows all the ballots and all the votes we had to take when he didn't get to 23, and then when he did get to 23, and then when there was another vote to get him to 30, which was unnecessary except for PR to say he was the unanimous, unanimously elected as commissioner. You can go back and Google that. It's quite funny. All of the PR is Rob Manford unanimously elected as commissioner to Major League Baseball. Not true at all. The final vote was actually 23 to 7. He got by by the hair of his chinny chin chin, but guess what? That's all you need to be commissioner is 23 votes. And then John Henry said, hey, let's vote again. I voted against you, but let's vote again so we can tell the people that we really are all standing behind you. Rob wasn't even in the room at the time and we all agreed. All right, we'll vote again. And all the no's said yes. All right, 30 to zero. Hey, way to go. <laughs> Such horse hockey. One of the things that you shouldn't, my point was I love Rob, you know that. However, come on, let's be better. Can you imagine the Mets leave New York? Steve Cohn says, you know what? I'm taking him to the Caribbean or to London. But don't worry, New Yorkers, you've still got the Yankees. Can you, is that what Mets fans? All right, I'll root for the Yankees, no problem. All the Ace fans are going to say, fantastic. I love you, Larry Bear. I'm all in, Michael Conforto. Hey, Jorge Soler, you're my main man. It's preposterous. <sighs> Vegas. Yesterday was the meeting. Big, big meeting. The A's met with the city and the county looking for the extension to their lease. We went through all the things that could happen in that meeting. We told you it's, it's an introduction meeting. Koki, yesterday, I didn't tell you this. At 3 p.m. Eastern time, I did a hit, and I didn't know whether it was live. It was on San Francisco television, K-R-O-N-5 or 4. I can't remember what it's called. Hold on. Check in. Check in. K, I just have K-R-O-N TV in my calendar. And I gave an interview talking about this meeting and just like on Nothing Personal the last couple of days, it was very important to see what came out of this meeting. My view is it was very important for the meeting. Hold on one second. This is a major thing I've been waiting for. Wow. Congratulations to my daughter. She just got matched. She is a forensic psychologist and today is matching day. And when you match, you put all of your choices and she just got her first choice and will be staying in New York. Excuse me one second. That's so great. I am very happy for her. When you work hard, good things can happen. Okay. I've been waiting and waiting for that. It doesn't make me a better father. <laughs> That's funny. I'm trying, how about this? I'm making an effort to be better. Okay, where were we? Lifetime. No, we were past that. Jerseys, Phantom IL. David, we're talking about the A's. Ah, thank you. Sorry, Matt. Did we talk about the fact that what was gonna come out of that meeting was a first meeting and what we were looking for is will there be more meetings and then is it going to be done through leaks or will information come out under the name of the sides both the a's and the city and the county and the mayor so here we go 
We had a very open and frank conversation about all different scenarios and alternatives and options, and nothing was taken off the table. That came from the Alameda County Supervisor. We agreed to continue to meet and make progress so there will be additional meetings. That is the perfect outcome if you are the county. You want dialogue to have started again. Nothing's gonna get done in one meeting. You want the dialogue to continue. Let's see if the A's agree. Keep in mind, Rob Manfred met the media yesterday and talked as though the site's adequate and he expects to have a team in Vegas in 28. The A's said, through a team spokesperson, we had a positive meeting with the city and county. We look forward to further discussions regarding a lease extension at the Coliseum for the interim period before the Vegas ballpark opens. God dang it. Why? For the love of God, there is no reason to put that in your statement, Oakland. Are you that positive that everything's done in Vegas? I know you had the commissioner speak yesterday. Oh, he feels good. The reason the renderings are delayed is that Bally's is doing a whole site plan. Here's a news flash for you. The renderings have nothing to do with the site plan. You can have real renderings that an architect and a contractor can go through and start pricing because you have acreage. Now, will you have a little give and take of where you have to run utilities depending on where something is on an entire site? Yes, but you don't need to know the exact placement of the building to have real renderings, not the horse crap renderings that they released that weren't real and were AI generated. If the Vegas deal is done, where's all the agreements with the public? Forget the agreement with Bally's that we've never seen. If you're the Oakland A's and you're talking about a meeting that happened with the city of Oakland and the county of Alameda, why say that it was solely on lease extension? Even if it's true, there's no reason because you're not done negotiating in Vegas. If you're so sure you're going to Vegas, you don't have signed deals yet in Vegas, don't you want a little leverage? Wouldn't it be nice if the Vegas people were like, man, we thought we were getting a team. I wonder if they will stay in Oakland. There's just no reason to have that at the end of a statement. It's a little like, eh, a little F you to the public and to the fans in Oakland. Hey, don't love us. We're only here for an interim period. It's not an interim period. That is a total misnomer. Don't label it as such. You've been in Oakland since you were a dynasty in the 70s. What year did they start in Oakland? Matt, do you have any idea? I should know, but I don't. Is it 1969? Earlier? 50s? I don't have a date, I'm sorry. That's terrible of me. I'm right here in the document in case you have an answer, which would be amazing. Do you really have one? I'm gonna keep texting my daughter if you can, I can't read it. There's something weird going on. 1968, I was off by a year. That's awesome. It's not an interim period. You've been there for 55 years. You're trying to stay an extra three minimum. That's still 58 years, not a bad run. I'm just disappointed with how people operate with PR, with statements, you know I am, because it's so easy to be better. You just have to give it thought. So, in conclusion, 
we know nothing more today after the commissioner spoke, after the statement by the county, and after the statement by the A spokesperson. We know nothing more today than we knew yesterday, which is that a meeting happened, another meeting is going to happen, then another meeting is going to happen, and you don't know what will result from those meetings. There is no solution yet on where the A's will play in 25, 26, 27, and might I add, 28. Which means there'll be more segments on nothing personal about this insanity. Spring training started. Everyone excited in Oakland? Wouldn't it be amazing if the A's didn't lose 175 games this year? All right, when we come back, we're going to review a new movie that I watched with Nico Parker, Laura Linney, and Woody Harrelson. And then we are going to talk about one of the fallouts from the Super Bowl from the 49ers standpoint. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It is a Friday. It is David Sampson, Matthew Coca live every day, 8 a.m. on the Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. Please hit subscribe. I know more of you are watching than subscribe to it, so just hit subscribe. And if you don't mind, tell your friends about us, pass the word. We are uh, continuing to grow. We are having a great first two weeks in February. We're not taking Monday off. I know a lot of shows won't give you new content on Monday, but Monday is such a big day because I'm bursting at the seams with stuff to talk about because it's two days of no shows. And how can you be a daily show and not go on Monday? Now, of course, we take vacations. We took a lot of vacation in 2024, didn't we? In 2023, I think we took like 10 shows that we didn't do, like 270 shows out of 365 days, 260 shows. Do you know that it was Saturdays and Sundays, 365 minus 104 Saturdays and Sundays is 261. So if we did 261 shows in 2023, that means that we were there for you every single Monday through Friday. And I don't have an answer whether we did. I actually have no idea. I do know that we're eight shows away from show 1000, Coca. We've done more than a thousand because of sit downs and mailbags, but I'm talking about the way that we do these shows now with word of the day and picks of the day, et cetera. A thousand. When we were at 50, I brought in 50 cupcakes. We were still at CBS and I thought it was amazing that we had done 50 shows. Can you imagine doing 50 shows? I never thought that we'd do one given our audience in the first show was like two people brought in all these cupcakes. I remember going to buy them on uh, US One in Fort Lauderdale at a famous cupcake shop. I walked in and I was celebrating 50 shows and we're almost at a thousand. 
<sighs> okay, let's talk about Suncoast. We did 255 shows last year. We took six days off? That's horrific. I would like to give you my apologies. That is inexcusable that we did only 255 shows last year. We will do better this year. I watched Suncoast, it's a new movie on Hulu. Who's done better than Woody Harrelson at going from the sort of doofusy bartender on Cheers to the crazy stoner guy to the old wise man? That's great, age with grace. Nico Parker is Thandie Newton's daughter. It's her doppelganger. It is Thandie Newton in a time machine 25 years ago. Laura Linney from Ozark and all of the fantastic movies she's done from Love Actually to The Savages. I love Laura Linney, always have. This is an interesting movie. Suncoast is the name of a hospice on the west coast of Florida. I would like to point out that this is a place where people go to die. That's what a hospice is. The premise of this movie is that Nico Parker and her mother, Laura Linney, have a brother, son, who is dying of cancer, and they put him in hospice in the same place as Terry, Sh Terry Schiavo. That's a real person where there was a huge debate about right to die. This movie is not about the debate of right to die, but it certainly is a through theme. It is a movie about a mother and a daughter trying to figure out their relationship. It's a movie about a daughter with no friends trying to get friends and get a support system. It's a movie about a man who lost his wife who's trying to figure out, can life go on? I hate the fact that I think it's creepy that Woody Harrelson struck up a relationship with Nico Parker. It should not be that way. But what I really would like to mention is that when you're watching this, and I do think that you should watch this movie, you should think about your view of right to die. Right to die is when someone is not dead, but they're dying, and you want to make their death happen faster by removing a feeding tube, by doing a Kevorkian. For those of us who don't want to have that debate, there's something called the living will. I've got one of those. Here's a nugget, and my kids know this. Pull the plug. I don't want you to have to visit me every day. I don't want you to have to go through the trouble, the pain. I did say you have to wait like 48 hours because my kids may pull it after 48 seconds. But I, I jest, 48 minutes. 48 hours wait. Some people are in a vegetative state for a year, for two years, for five years, for 10 years. There's a whole movie, The Descendants, about this with George Clooney, one of my favorite movies as well. Very important movie. I think everybody should have a living will. You can get it off the internet. It's not expensive. You don't need lawyers. It just gives instruction as to what you want people to do if, God forbid, there's an accident or there's just the end of life death that happens prematurely when you're sick with cancer, whatever you have. It is an unfortunate reality. And what it does is it impacts the living. So I just encourage you to give thought as to where you stand. Certainly, as it relates to other people protesting and you being angry about what other people are choosing to do, I disagree with that because it violates my only guiding principle. Live and let live, not literally, meaning it's not your business. Is it impacting your life in any way, whether a feeding tube gets pulled.
Super Bowl was a uh, was this past week. It feels like a year ago. Coco, we were in the New York Post yesterday. A full big article with a picture, an old picture of me. They can't do better than a picture of me from like six years ago. I'm not one of those guys who has his ID like with a picture. Have you ever been, are you at work with anyone like this where their work ID is a picture from them 30 years ago? And you're like, dude, that's not you. I like doing a new picture every year. Hey, passage of time. I don't love it, but it is what it is. I can't change time. Or is it I can't chase time? Time, I can't change time. Time can't change me. ch 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 Turn to face the strain. Today's Friday, February 16th. I got 14 more minutes. Hang in there, folks. Where were we? Lifetime. Nothing personal word of it. No, did that already. Pick of the day. Nothing personal pick of the day. God, do we stink. Doc Rivers really does suck, doesn't he? It's, oh, Steve Wilkes, 49ers. Hi, I'm David Sampson. All right, we're clear. Thank you. Hold on, I'm a little schwitzy because I lost where we were. Wait one second, just doing a little wipe. Wiping off the non-makeup, making sure I'm shiny. San Francisco 49ers lost the Super Bowl, what seems like a week ago. <laughs> we were in the New York Post yesterday, Coca. That's what we were talking about. I did Levitard and I said that I think that it's an outrage that Travis Kelsey did not get in trouble during the course of the game for what he did to Andy Reid, and I'm sticking to that. And it became an article. It became a hot take. I don't know why. San Francisco 49ers have a great fan base in the Bay Area. Did you know a little known fact that when the Oakland Raiders moved to Los Angeles and to Vegas, I don't know if you know this, but every one of them became 49ers fans. How great is that? So when a team moves from Oakland, no problem. They just, they're fans of another team. So the 49ers have this huge fan base. They lose the Super Bowl and they're all saying to themselves, hey, who do we blame? What happened here? I know who we blame. That guy, Steve Wilkes. Our defense was terrible. We gave up three points to the Chiefs in the first half of the Super Bowl. During the course of a season, we gave up 31 points to the Burleigh Bengals. We even lost to the Browns and Vikings. God, do we stink. The Ravens blew us out. In the playoffs, we barely were good enough to beat the Packers. The Packers should have won. We had to come back against the Lions. Dan Campbell should have brought his Lions to the Super Bowl. Man, oh man, it's gotta be the defense. And Steve Wilkes is the one in his first year as defensive coordinator who said, I have an idea. Let's receive if we win the coin toss in overtime. Seriously? Why do we have to always blame someone? He got fired as defensive coordinator a couple of days ago because people view a loss in a Super Bowl or a loss anytime, a season where you don't win a Super Bowl, which is only one out of 32 teams. Someone is to blame. So I did a call with Howard Jones and he agreed with me 
that sometimes no one is to blame. I totally get that during the course of the season, there will be players who are unhappy with the defensive schemes. There are players who are always unhappy with game plans when they lose games. I get that Steve Wilkes had to wear it a few times during the season. Remember when they lost to the Vikings and he made a bad defensive call before the half and he came out and said, that's my bad, protecting his coach. I love that. I love, the, I love picturing Kyle Shanahan in the headset when a defensive play is called and he'd be like, oh, all right. I don't know that I'd call that, but okay, we're good. You're the head coach. Don't tell me that, oh, I don't, I give up the offensive play calling. I give up the defensive play calling. Hey, just do it. We'll make the game plan, but during the course of the game, I'm just got the headsets on so I can hear what we're doing because I like to know what I'm looking at before it happens. Horse hockey. If a head coach is unhappy with the play that's being called, stop it, call a timeout, even though I don't like wasting timeouts. Take a five yard delay of game and get the right play called. It's just ridiculous. You think managers don't know when there's gonna be a hit and run or a bunt or any sort of play is on the wheel play, whatever's happening? Of course they know. If they don't like it, they stop it. Oftentimes it's the manager themselves who are giving the sign. Nose, chin, nose, chin, nose, cheek, nose, chin, and spit. That means bunt. Nose, forehead, nose, forehead, brim of the cap, ear, and then spit. Everything has to include spitting because everyone spits. What a weird thing baseball is. Have you ever thought about that? Everyone's spitting in the dugout. If you've never had a chance to go in a dugout after a game, it's absolutely disgusting. The poor people who have to clean it up, they love it, they love their jobs. There's a million people who wanna do it, so we pay squat. It's so horrible what we pay to clean the players' jock straps and the dugout. Who wouldn't wanna do it? So now the Niners have to look for a new defensive coordinator it's not going to be Bill Belichick. They're going to look for a new defensive coordinator because that's why they haven't won a Super Bowl. It's absurd. The whole thing's absurd. Nothing personal pick of the day. We had the Bucks last night. Can we talk about the Bucks? I love Milwaukee. You know I do. I wish that I were in Milwaukee right now. I'm sending love to... Mitch and his family. Uh, Mitch is behind me up there. He ran around the world right there. Mitch Moser, if you're watching, did seven marathons in seven days and seven continents. One of the smartest, most brilliant people I've ever met. I've been a close friend since 1977. His father passed away. Hans Moser used to take care of me truly when I was a child and a young adult always a sort of mentor to me. Rest in peace, Hans. The Milwaukee Bucks, however, that's the worst transition segue of all time. The Milwaukee Bucks were favored by 14 and a half. We got them 11 and a half because we did the pick over the Grizzlies on the road. And it turns out that Doc Rivers stinks. And Doc Rivers, hey, who would want this job? I'd fire Doc Rivers right now. The Bucks are three and seven since he took over. They've lost five and a half games to the Celtics. The Celtics had a three game lead over the Bucks. Remember when I said Milwaukee's 31 and 13, they have the second best record in the East. What are they doing? What kind of crazy coup just happened? What kind of idiocy were the Bucks doing? Now I'll grant you it's early, but man, the early returns are bad. 
It's not like you want to be coming from behind when the early poll results are bad, but it happens. There are comebacks. The Bucks could still win the title. Lillard and Giannis could end up figuring out how to do a damn pick and roll, although Giannis only likes it at the elbow. It's hard to do pick and roll when a guy won't roll. They used to be three backs, three back, three games back, four, eight, six, nine. They used to be three games back of the Celtics. Now they're eight and a half. They lost five and a half games in a 10-game stretch. That's like a Mets level from the 2007 season. That's like a Mets level of collapse. Well, we're in the all-star break now. Everyone's panicked about content. They're super happy. There's no show Monday. Hey, we got no NBA games to talk about. What are we going to talk about? Oh, don't you worry. Nothing personal will find plenty to talk about. So the All-Star game is happening. Do you know the over-under in the All-Star game is 362 points? Let me just make sure that you do the math properly. That's 181 to 181 plus, just for fun, a half a point. Nothing personal pick of the day. I'm going under. That's just absurd. 190 to 180. Is that really going to be the final score of this All-Star game? Now we're back to the no alarm rules. Not Jason Alam. There's another alarm who named those rules where you've got a target score. It's a regular game. Elum. Elam. Jason Alam. Alam. Elam. <laughs> Can I just tell everyone what you're doing to me right now, Matt? In big letters in front of me on the rundown, it's E-E-E dot 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 L-U capital M-M-M-M-M. I don't know what that means. E-L-U-M. You make me laugh. Five minutes till the weekend, lover boy. Not you, Matt. All right, what's my pick for the All-Star game? Did you look at the West roster? I'm taking the West minus two and a half over the East. We are 24 and 26. If this game goes West minus two and a half and under 362 and a half, we get to start Monday back at 500. I am very annoyed because we should have gotten to 500 with the Bucks victory last night. It's not that the Bucks didn't cover against the Grizzlies. It's that they didn't even win the game. It's one thing to not cover when you're favored by 11 and a half on the road. But to lose to the John Morantless Grizzlies when your team is playing horrifically, when you're going into the All-Star break, of course, it gives you the chance to meet the media and say, you know, this break comes at a really good time. We want everyone to go home, you meet your team. We would do this when, the, when MLB's All-Star break would happen. The final game would be on a Sunday and the All-Stars from your team would be getting on a plane going to where the All-Star game is. Everybody else goes home. Some people stay in Miami or Montreal or whatever. And we'd always meet the team and we'd always say, Gentlemen, enjoy your time off. Give yourselves a break mentally, physically. Come back strong, ready to go because we're making a second half push. So we'd always say, which makes me laugh, of course, because the Bucks had that same meeting for sure. The meeting was, hey, I get it. We're struggling now, but after this break, come back next Thursday. It's a brand new season. We will play up to our capabilities, have faith in what we're doing. What's that player's name who's joining the Bucks because he wants to be in Doc Rivers' front court rotation? 
I'm going to get the name wrong, so I don't even want to say it. Daro Malifovic, Danilo Galovic. I'm so bad. Danilo Gallinari. I like that. I like that. It's smarter the Bucks to bring in someone and have them say, hey, I want to play for Doc Rivers. I can't wait to get to Milwaukee and play for Doc Rivers because right now people in Milwaukee are saying, yikes, we were a title contender and now we blow literal chunks. I don't quite understand what Doc Rivers' exact post-game quote was. Some guys will stay here, some go to Cabo. I don't know what that means. People during the All-Star break, they go home. Sometimes they go on vacation. Some people go playing the All-Star game like Giannis. Ah, he meant that some people were here and some people are mentally on vacation. What are they, school kids? Doc Rivers, there's no way that's his quote. All right. If you're telling me the Bucks lost to the Grizzlies and the coach who's been there 10 games and three and seven already called out his players in a post-game press conference by saying we had some guys here and some in Cabo, meaning some guys were readily mentally checked out like middle schoolers getting ready to go on Christmas break. That's a you problem, Doc. That's a coaching issue. If you've got a team that's already quit on you when you are new and the team is struggling so badly, the owner of the Bucks has to be completely despondent. Maybe he wasn't kidding when he said he wouldn't wish this job on anyone. I wonder if the owner, Jimmy Haslam's like, you know what, I'm just gonna get distracted by announcing a new stadium in Cleveland. I'm not gonna even think about the fact that I own part of the Bucks. Hey, Mark, what should we do? What do I know? We gotta fire Griffin, but let's keep paying him. He was here for 44 games. Let's bring in Doc. He's gonna be great. J.J. Reddick sent Doc a thank you note. J.J. Reddick sent Haslam a thank you note. Hey, Jimmy, thanks for taking him. Hey, Doris, I'm with you. Don't worry, Mike, we'll be fine. We have plenty of reps before the playoffs. <sighs> I don't know what that was. I'm sorry, folks. I just talked about four different things. Coke is gonna be furious that I just confused everyone. I was referring to the new booth for ABC for the finals that J.J. Reddick replaced Doc Rivers and J.J. Reddick wouldn't have had the job but for Doc leaving. I was referring to Doc being the coach of a team that is mentally checked out, causing me to go to 24 and 26. All right, let's end the week on a happy note. Oakland, I love you. Commissioner Rob Manford, I love you too. We'll be back Monday, 8 a.m., live. Have a safe, good weekend. It's just business. This is nothing personal. Thank <laughs> you.